0: Welcome to the Mapped Out Money Podcast, where we help you understand finance and manage your money so you can get on with living your adventure. You're listening to episode number 22.
1: And today's episode is sponsored by the Money Mastery class. Now, this is a group uh, budgeting class, budgeting program uh, that I run about once a quarter. And enrollment for this class has just opened up. And we're going to be running our next class, Through September, so it's a five-week program where we meet twice a week, and we actually walk you through the dream D R E A M budgeting process that we talked about on the last podcast episode. So, if you're interested in working through uh, actually building a budget that's going to help you with your dream life with a group of other students and myself in a live class format, then go to mappedoutmoney.com forward slash dream budget, all one word. And check out the class and check out all the details, and you can see exactly what's going on. The uh, The class enrollment period does end on Friday, September the 4th, and we're going to be starting class on Tuesday, September the 8th. So if you're interested, map.money.com forward slash dream budget, and I would love to have you join us.
0: To continue on the theme of budgets, today we have five tips to help you stick to your budget.
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, we, we talk a lot about how to actually build a budget. Last week, we talked all about, you know, the steps to building a budget. Um, But building one and sticking to one can sometimes be uh, two different tasks. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) hopefully, uh, today's episode will help you, you know, how do I actually stick to this thing once I've gotten it built?
0: Our first tip is one that Nick and I have to remind ourselves of pretty much all the, all time, the time in everything that we do, yes. and that is to keep it simple. Yeah,
1: I've got a I've got a especially bad problem uh, with overcomplicating things. Somehow in my mind,
0: uh, the more
1: complex something is, then like the better it's going to be, or something like that. I think.
0: Well, and I think we both just enjoy the process of developing something really yes. complex too. Yes. So break out the highlighters break out the Excel sheet, whatever we can do to make things really complicated and hard to follow, that tends to be what we do. (laughs)
1: Well, and it it, it like, um, this comes in with budgeting, it comes in with fitness, it comes in with even like journaling and productivity stuff where it's almost like if I am making my system more complicated, I somehow feel validated as if I'm like, I'm actually doing the work. You know, like if I have a really complex budget that I spend hours setting up, then I'm conv- it's almost like subconsciously I feel like, yeah, I'm doing good stuff with my money.
0: Yeah, it's like a form of procrastination. And James Clear talks about that. He has a um, he has a saying about that, but I can't remember what it is. Do you remember it?
1: I don't. I'll have, to, I'll have to Google it and see.
0: Motion versus action.
1: That sounds right.
0: Yes. Being in motion versus taking action.
1: So creating a really complicated budget, you're in motion and you're technically working on your finances, kind of. But you're not taking action in a way that's going to actually move you forward.
0: Yeah. He says motion makes you feel like you're getting things done, but really you're just preparing to get something done. So he uses the example, yes, I'd like to get in shape, but I don't want to look stupid in the gym. So I'll just talk to the trainer about their rates instead.
1: <laughs> and then you feel like, yeah, I've I've done something. You know, one of the most probably common mistakes that I see people make in their budgets is overcomplicating it. And again, I I have a hard time blaming them because I do the same thing. I struggle from the same thing. But the problem is when you overcomplicate it, one, it's going to take a ton of time on the front end setting it up. And then two, it's going to take a ton of time to manage, which means you're way less likely to actually stick to this thing over the long haul if it takes you hours every single week just to get this thing you know back on
0: track and three if you're doing it with somebody else like a spouse the more complicated you make it the harder it is it, it's going to be to get them on board totally with it
1: totally if you're trying to budget with somebody especially with somebody who's maybe not as excited about budgeting as you are the simpler the system the, the much more likely it is for you to convince them to sort of join you in this new budgeting habit
0: yeah definitely Now,
1: a couple of practical suggestions that I have for keeping it simple um, has to do with like number of accounts that you have in your finances that you manage and the number of categories in whatever budgeting tool you're using. And so, you know, any time that you can pare down, combine categories, combine accounts just to have the total number of things that you manage fewer, the better. And one of the places this comes into play is for big box stores so if you shop a lot at Sam's or Costco or Amazon or Target, you can go in there and you can probably get, you know, you can go into Target and you can come out and have shopped for clothing, dog food, groceries, personal spending, cosmetic items, household items, all on one trip. And if you're new to budgeting and you try to break all that up across all those different categories, you're gonna absolutely pull your hair out. You're you're gonna hate it. <laughs> and so what I tell people is that when you're starting out, If you shop a lot at one of these big box stores, it's best to just create a category called Amazon or a category called Target and then categorize all of your transactions to that single category.
0: And I think that freaks people out a lot because they're like, yeah, but then I still won't know what I spent money on. And that is true, but the important thing to remember is that if you're seeing patterns, Um, that bother you. So say you're like, wow, I spent $1,000 every month at Target. What the heck am I doing at Target? Um, And that really starts to bother you. Then down the road, you can start to break those things out more to give you a clearer picture of where you might want to make adjustments. But to start out with just being able to see overall what you're spending at those stores is going to be enough detail. That's
1: right. You know, it comes down to a simple budget that maybe doesn't give you all the data that you want. But that you actually stick to is better than a complicated budget that gives you all the data, but you don't actually stick to it.
0: Yeah, and I've been reading um, Joanna Gaines' Homebody book. I think that's I think that's the name of it. It's her design book, um, and she talks about. The idea of like slowly decorating your house and not just filling space just to fill it, but actually, you know, living in the space and figuring out what you need to make it functional for your family. And so I think that's the same thing with budgeting. Don't just fill in detail just to fill the space and feel like you're you're in motion, you know, and. Um, Take it slow, add in the details that you and your family actually need and the details that will actually help you take action instead of just feeling in motion.
1: That's right. And I think going back to what you said, which is like, you don't have to do it this way forever. You know, you and I, for our first about two years of budgeting, basically, if we went to Walmart or Costco or Sam's or Publix or any of those stores, Everything that we bought was just going into groceries. It didn't really matter what we were buying. We just put it all into groceries. And a couple of years after using our, you know, YNAB for our budget, we were really comfortable with the program. We really didn't have any software questions. We were, you know, using it. It wasn't taking a lot of time.
0: We were both in the habit of using it yes. and entering things. Yes. Yep.
1: And so, you know, looking at our grocery line item, we were getting a little frustrated because it felt ridiculous. We were spending an insane amount of money for two people on groceries. But it's because all that stuff in there wasn't actually, you know, food, groceries. So, you know, after two years and once we're really comfortable, we started breaking things out. So these days, and this sounds like a little nerdy, I guess, but these days when we go to Walmart, uh, we will actually empty our shopping cart onto the, what what do you call it? The The little
0: belt thingy. The
1: conveyor belt. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll empty our shopping cart onto the conveyor belt and group things how we categorize them in YNAB. <laughs> so we'll have like our food items together and then we'll have our cosmetic items together and our household items together and our, our, our pet stuff together so that when we get the receipt, everything is all bundled up and we can very quickly just sort of skim the receipt and group things and then split it out in YNAB in the parking lot. If you've never budgeted before and you're not in the habit yet, that sounds insane, which I it guess maybe a it insane. is, it, maybe it is, but <laughs> After a couple of years of budgeting, if you want the data, you are going to be so much faster and like quicker at it that doing that or adding that on, if you want to, is not going to be that big a deal. But don't try to go there at first.
0: Okay, that brings us to tip number two, which is to check it daily.
1: Yeah, I think this is again one of those. This almost sounds um, counterintuitive to how do you how do you stick to a budget because checking it daily can almost seem uh, extreme. It can almost seem like a really big ask. But it's it's actually the opposite. Because if you can check your budget daily, especially if you're using like a like a tool like YNAB or Mint or Tiller where it imports transactions, and then you categorize them, if you can do that daily, you're probably talking about two to like five transactions, even a really large family with a lot of kids and a lot of spending. You're probably not talking about more than seven or eight transactions on a daily basis, which is really manageable. But if you wait till the end of the week, Or once a month, you're going to have 50 to 100 transactions that you're going to need to deal with and make sure that they've gotten put in the right spot, and you're just not going to do it. (laughs) Like You're going to import it, and you're going to go, ooh, and you're going to procrastinate and walk away, and you're going to stop.
0: Well, and I think in addition to that, it also just makes it so much more automatic. Yes. Um, It's kind of like if you try to work out three days a week versus if you're trying to work out like five, six, or seven days a week. It's actually easier, at least we found, for us to stick to it when we're doing it more days a week just because our schedule kind of gets more regulated. We're in more of a routine, whereas if you're just sticking it in there three days a week, it kind of feels like it throws a monkey wrench in everything. Well,
1: and it's it's like anything else that's just a non-negotiable. You know, that's what's helped us with working out is rather than saying, hey, are we working out tomorrow? And then going like, eh, I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't really feel like it. I don't it. really it. feel like it. Like, we just, there's just no question. Like, yes, yeah, so we're working out tomorrow because we work out every day. Uh, it's like showering or tr- I never go to bed going like, am I going to shower tomorrow? Or like, am I going to drink coffee tomorrow or brush my teeth? Like, I'm, I'm going to do all those things. Um, not Maybe I didn't always do all those things like in high school, but <laughs> these days, those are all, <laughs> those, those are automatic, right? The Going back to James Clear, though, you, you had mentioned him earlier. Um, I think another, one of the things he kind of taught us that has been helpful with this is this idea of habit stacking. So whenever you're trying to create a new habit, like checking YNAB daily, the idea is to try and find some other habit that you're already doing, like showering or drinking coffee or brushing your teeth or eating lunch at a certain time, and then stacking YNAB or your budget right up against that. And so like for me, I tend to check the budget in the morning right after I finish journaling and right before I get started for the day, but you might want to check it while the coffee's brewing. Or you might want to check it when you sit down for lunch. Or you might want to check it right before you lay down at night to go to bed. Just figure out some sort of regular thing that you're already doing that you can then stack the budget up against.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good one. And if you like those types of tactics to help you stick to habits, not even just budgeting, um, but just anything that you're trying to implement in your life, we've mentioned it before and we'll mention it again. James Clear's Atomic Habits is a great book that's loaded with detailed tactics to help you Implement things you want to implement and stop things that you don't like so much that you do.
1: Yeah, and, and what's funny about that book—I guess not really funny, but it's as good—is as, like you and I, um di- you know, pulled out different things. Like mm-hmm. one of the things that I think is the most like empowering thing in the book that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just so helpful.
0: I basically like skipped over it.
1: Hannah was like, that's stupid. That it does not help me at all. Well, and, I didn't think it was <laughs> stupid. It was, it was just like
0: a formula thing, yeah, and it just, just did didn't, not yeah, resonate, didn't resonate with, it. with
1: me. And so I think. You know, there's lots of little bitty tactics and tips that he has in that book. And, you know, some of them you're going to go, wow, that that's really helpful. Let me implement that. And others maybe won't work for you, and that's fine.
0: Are we ready to go to number three? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Tip number three is to know your why.
1: Yeah. So this one, it's very similar, you know, to what we talked about on the last episode with refining your vision. Um, And I, I want to harp on it on the sticking to your budget side here, right? We we know we've talked a ton about The importance of knowing why you're trying to get better with your money. It's even why are you even listening to this podcast, right? The fact that you put on a podcast called Mapped Out Money, you're wanting to get better with your finances for some reason. And so just getting real clarity on why you're wanting to do that. We know that that helps you with your direction. It helps you make sure that you're using your money towards that end. But when it comes to sticking to your budget, almost the more important factor is that it keeps you motivated when budgeting gets hard, if you have real clarity on like, this is why I'm doing this, I'm wanting to do this so that I have the option to leave my job, or so that I can move to my dream city, or so that I can support my kids and send them to whatever college or future they want, or so that I can support my parents in their old age. When you get real clear on why you're doing this, and it's like a really deep, like important emotional reason, that's going to keep you more motivated when it you know, when you have to say, Crap, I you know, I don't get that that thing I want at T J Maxx or I don't get to buy this thing I see on Amazon and it's because of this overall big why that you're going after that is gonna help keep you motivated in the day to day.
0: Yeah, when you do have to forego a more impulse type Purchase. It helps you remember the ultimate goals so that you don't feel so deprived and you don't feel like your budget's restricting you. You feel like it's helping you reach your real goals and not not the shiny objects that you get distracted by on the way. That's
1: totally right. And that's, you know, we run a podcast and do this for a living, right? Talking about this stuff, but that doesn't mean we're, you know, we never had to face this. I, I think we have to remind ourselves of our why a lot too, because there's definitely stuff that I want to buy or that you want to buy that we have to say no to, you know, because of this greater why that we're trying to go after.
0: For sure. So moving on to number four, which is to make micro changes. So with with this
1: one, you know, back to sort of the comparison to your health, if you try to come out of the, day, the, the gate, if you try to come out of the gate on New Year's Day, and, you know, go from not running at all, to running five miles a day, not dieting at all to going like hardcore keto or something like that, and then also do 200 push-ups a night, right? You're going to go from zero to that. How long are you going to last? Like a day? maybe a if day that maybe. And that's what a lot of people do with their budget is they get it set up and they go, okay, we've been spending a thousand dollars a month on groceries. We're going to cut it to 600, and we've been going out to eat and spending 200 dollars a month eating out. We're going to cut it to 20.
0: And it's not to say that it can't be done, but I definitely think the odds are not in your favor odds if you are not in your try way. to do it that way. <laughs>
1: no. Well, and and going back to what you said, if you're also trying to budget like with a spouse, the odds of getting them on board with this thing and you come out of the gate like that, not, not going to happen. It's not looking pretty. Not, yeah. not going to happen. So at this point, if you followed our sort of dream budget setup that we talked about last episode and you've listened to these other tips, Right you know where you want to get to and you know what you're currently doing. Now it's just a matter of making small adjustments each month to just try and get a little bit better.
0: And I think the reason that a lot of people don't like going with this method is that you feel like your progress is going to be really slow. Mm -hmm. And so it feels discouraging. The reason we all want to jump in doing all of the things is because you think, oh my gosh, I'll be so far ahead in like a month. That's going to be amazing. Yeah.
1: It sounds, it, it looks good on paper too. Cause you like you, you know, if you write it all down, like, okay, here's how much I'm spending. I'm going to cut all these things. Oh my gosh, look how much money I'm going to have. And it's like, yeah, okay, great. Let me know how that works for you, because you're probably not going to stick to it. Humans, the vast majority of us just don't have the willpower or the discipline to be able to do that. And it's much better to make small changes rather than try to go hard on something that's unsustainable and then hit a wall and burn out after a week or two weeks and then just slip right back into your old habits. For us, this just sort of practically looks like, you know, regularly looking at our budget. You know, we check it daily on the micro, but but actually sitting down and looking at the reports and things regularly, you know, every month or two and saying, okay, here's how much we're spending on groceries, like that's kind of been creeping up here lately. Are we happy with that? Or here's how much we're spending on eating out. Like, do we still feel good about that? Does that help us hit our long-term goals? And if not, then we'll change it by 5 or 10%, you know, we'll we'll reduce the amount by a little bit. But we don't try to cut things in half or, you know, make these massive, massive changes.
0: So if you start to feel discouraged and like all of these little changes really aren't making a difference because they're so small, one of the quotes that we like from James Clear's book speaks perfectly to that. And he says, to focus on your trajectory, not your current position. Um, and that whole idea, I mean, it helps you enjoy the journey. It helps you do all of these things that we talk about all the time that are important to us. Um, it helps you remember, OK, in the moment, this might feel like it's not making a huge difference, but it's changing my trajectory. And I am heading the direction that I want to be going. And so, you know, one, two, five, ten 10 years down the road, I'm going to be really happy with with where I'm progressing to um, because I am making these small little changes.
1: I think that's such an important point. And it's, it's something, again, that I see all the time in um, like working with uh, my coaching students where, you know, so many of the people I work with are middle-aged. And so they're their 40s and their 50s. And, you know, they really haven't taken their finances seriously until now. And they're not happy with their current position at all. And they sort of woke up one day and maybe there was something in their life that, you know, whether it was something with their kids wanting to go to college or something with their parents that happened in their retirement, some sort of wake up moment for them and they're not happy with their position and they almost feel embarrassed. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm, I'm 45 years old and this is my financial situation. But the sheer fact that they are addressing that is already putting them on a better trajectory. Because now they're coming to grips with the fact that they're not happy with their situation and they're making a change, right? They're emailing me. They're listening to a podcast like this. They're going on YouTube. They're trying to figure out how to make a budget. They're, they're actively working on their situation. So even if they're not happy with their current spot, just by taking that first initial step, they're changing their trajectory for the positive. And if they can continue that, they're going to be in a world of a better place just a couple of years from now. Whereas if they didn't change their trajectory, they're just going to keep on, keeping on. And, and you know, I have to remind myself of this too. I, I struggle with this a lot um, on the health side. Like I'm not at all happy with my health right now and how much I weigh and my physical fitness level and where I would like to be. And in some ways, I feel ridiculous because I'm you know 27 and I'm like I should not be as unhealthy as I am at 27. But I have to remind myself that over the past year, I've already made some huge improvements. And I'm already in a much better place trajectory-wise today than I was a year ago. And so I have to remind myself of this a lot, too.
0: This reminds me of two kind of different ideas that are related. Um, And I've heard, I think I've heard Gary Vee talk about this and, like, Nick Saban. And I've heard lots of people say things similar to this idea. Um, And I think James Clear, too. But the idea that you have to fall in love with the process and— instead of just falling in love with winning. Um, And so I think that's really important. And closely tied with that is setting um, like action goals for yourself instead of results goals. So instead of, you know, I have a goal to have six pack abs, well, you only experience success if you have six pack apps, whereas if you set a goal to work out every day for 30 minutes, you experience success every single time that you work out for 30 minutes. And so it's that kind of mental shift of, okay, I'm not just here for the results, I'm here for the process too. And I'm going to enjoy the process and really pat myself on the back for, for when I have those little successes along the way.
1: I'm glad you said that. That's, I think, I think if you could take anything away from this point four, that would be the thing to take away is like think through the way you're thinking about your financial goals and that like, oh, I have to save this much or pay down debt by this much or whatever. Whereas if if you change your main financial goal to like our tip number two, which is check your budget daily, that's a five minute thing. And if you can check your budget for five minutes a day and you get the check mark that that was a win for you uh, because it is, and if you can just do that every day, tell me that you're not going to check your budget every day in six months from now. You're not going to have to save more money. You absolutely will. If you can do the process of checking it every day, the 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 results will come. There's a famous football player. Now i got to Google it. Or football coach. Um, there's a book, The Score Will Take Care of Itself. That's um, Bill Walsh. Yeah. So there's a, a book, Bill Walsh. Um, who's a uh, um there's some sort of big football fan that's listening to me right now who is like you don't know who Bill Walsh
0: is head coach of the San Francisco 49ers there we go
1: yeah he like turned he like turned everything around that's what this book is about um he turned everything around for the 49ers and uh, basically it was um it was that whole thing it was when you follow the process uh, the score will take care of itself. So don't focus too much on the results. Just focus on the process. It's the same with your finances.
0: I like it. So are we ready for tip number five? Yeah. Yeah. Tip number five is to restart when you need to.
1: Yeah. This is another one that people feel so bad about. You know, like uh, if you're using a tool called Wine App, right, it um there's a it literally says fresh start. You can do this with Mint or Quicken or Tiller or anything, right? You just create a new file and you just go all right, uh, the one I've been working on, I've either fallen off the wagon, I've not kept it up, uh, or it's just so bad, I just need to start over. But then they feel bad. They feel like like that's defeating or something. And I just want to encourage you to know like, it's not. It's not at all. There's nothing wrong with doing a fresh start. We did lots of fresh starts in our first year as we were trying to get things figured out. And there's just absolutely no shame. So like if you get off track, if you aren't sticking to the most recent budget that you created, it is so not a big deal. And, you know, also, I I just want to encourage you, don't fall into the trap of waiting till like the first of the month or next Monday, the first of the week. Don't, don't put it off and go, okay, well, I'll just, I'll wait to September, then I'll do it. Or I'll do it October 1st. That's what I'll do. Just do it today. You fresh start the second that you find any ounce of motivation where you're like, all right, I'm going to just do it. Do it then whether that's the 26th of the month or the 1st of the month it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, that's one that I always have to remind myself of too cuz I'm really bad about that. I'm like, "Oh, I'll do it on a Monday." So it'll be like a fresh week or,
1: yeah. <laughs> I do, and I, I do it with with uh finances and health and productivity planning and all that stuff. It doesn't uh it doesn't make sense. I um speaking of Gary V, I heard him talk about this with his health. He was I think he was 38 um and he talks about how he was he was on an airplane and he realized, like, man, I need to get my health in order. Like, this is really, really bad. And he's like, on that airplane, I went from I'll do it on my 40th birthday, which was like a year and a half from then, uh, to, okay, no, I'll do it on my 39th birthday, which is coming up in a couple months, to, okay, no, I'll just do it at the beginning of the year, which was like the next month, to, why am I doing this? I'll just call the personal trainer when I get off the plane and I'll just start this tomorrow. Um, like, why do I need to have this arbitrary you know, date where like that's when I'm gonna do it. If you're listening to this episode and you're like, I've not been stinking my budget, just go home and fresh start right now. Actually pause the podcast right now and just do a fresh start. That is gonna give you the most momentum to actually stick with this thing.
0: Totally. So I think that wraps up our five tips.
1: I think so. So before we before we wrap though, Hannah, let's get into our stuff we like segment. All
0: right. Stuff we like. So today for the stuff we like, we're talking about the Joy Luck Club, which is actually mine and Nick's current buddy read. Mm -hmm. So you may have heard us talk about that before. We like to pick a book and read it at the same time. And then talk about it. It's like
1: binge watching a Netflix series together. Yeah. But with a book.
0: So um, admittedly, we wanted to read The Joy Luck Club because of Crazy Rich Asians. And we had heard that The Joy Luck <laughs> Club was like the original inspiration for, for Crazy that, Rich Asians. Yeah, for that book in movie. Yeah. And it really, it is excellent. So I don't know that it's technically historical fiction, but it's fiction with historical Context, yeah, it's I got guess. a lot of
1: historical stories mixed in. Yeah, and growing up in America, um, it's a lot of history that we just don't necessarily get. Totally, um, and so it's it's been interesting to sort of hear about that that side of the world.
0: Yeah, and even though it is, you know, about um, Chinese history and culture. Um, it's interesting to me how universal the dynamics between like parents and kids and
1: like the family dynamics. Yeah. And yeah. I
0: mean, I know just like looking at my grandparents, some of the habits they have just from living through the Great Depression and things that I don't understand and how there sometimes feels like this this gap where I'm like, Well yeah, but why why do you do that? I mean, it's not that way anymore. And and just the fact that I can't even grasp what it was like to live through that you know, and how that sticks with you. Um, So I just, I thought that was really interesting. And you see that kind of recurring through the book, like as these daughters kind of try to understand their mothers and get a better idea of what they've been through. And Mm -hmm. like, as they um, get older and mature and start to understand a little bit more of some of the things that like their moms might have experienced, just how eye-opening it is. So it's just a, it's just a cool read because you're getting to see, Getting to see everybody's perspectives, and you get these flashbacks of um, like the the mother's childhood and everything, and it it follows like four four different mothers and daughters. So you just get little glimpses into each of their their lives, and it makes for a really interesting dynamic.
1: These are your favorite books in general, right? The the interrelationship family dynamics, like mm-hmm. you really like that sort of thing, and. Even though there were lots of little things in Crazy Rich Asians and in this book that I don't relate to or I don't understand or doesn't really fit with the way I think, it's fun when you pull something out and go like, oh, yep, I've had interactions like that or, yep, that you know, that's something that I've seen in my family or whatever, um, which does make it relatable and kind of fun.
0: Okay, so that's The Joy Luck Club. And do you want to you wanna tie a bow on our, our five tips for sticking to your budget? Yeah, sure.
1: So our five tips are, first off, keep it simple. You can always, always add more complexity over time if you want it. Um, but when you're starting out, just keep it simple. Number two is to check it daily. If you can build this habit, you know, look at something like habit stacking against a habit that you already have going on. But if you can commit to two to three to five minutes a day, You're gonna be way more likely to stick with this thing over the long term. Number three is to know your why. This is what's gonna keep you motivated during the hard times of budgeting and really, you know, keeping on top of mind, like why am I doing this? What am I really, you know, trying to get out of this? Number four is to make micro changes. So, you know, don't come out of the gate and try and make massive changes to your spending habits. As you realize what you're not happy with on your spending, make small little shifts. And over time, you're gonna find yourself in a much better spot. And then the last tip is to restart when you need to. Don't feel bad about restarting. It is not a big deal at all. Don't beat yourself up about it. Have a lot of grace for yourself. Restarting is often very good because it does, like, sometimes you just need that fresh restart to sort of breathe and go, okay, let me reset, realize what am I trying to do, what's my why, let me remind myself, let's just start this thing over and move again. So hopefully that's helpful for you. Um, If you've been struggling to stick to a budget, pick one or two of these tips and really focus on it uh, and then come back to this episode and maybe try to implement one or two more after a few weeks. And uh, as always, if this is helpful for you, please do reach out and let us know. You can email me anytime at nick at mappedoutmoney.com. And then one last reminder, like I said, this week is enrollment for our Money Mastery class. Enrollment is going to end on September the 4th, and then class is going to start on September the 8th. So if you're interested in working with me and a group of other students to finally create a budget that's going to help you live your dream life, you can go to map.money.com forward slash dream budget to learn more. Thanks so much for listening, y'all, and we will see you next time.